Welcome to the Unbothered Blondes podcast with myself, Randa Caraba, and the other host, my girlfriend, Kate Davis. We are recording not quite a tell-all podcast because we do have a few safe boundaries set to protect ourselves and our family's privacy, but we are here to discuss everything you've wanted to know from motherhood, entrepreneurship, marriage, relationships, friendships, building confidence, some fashion talk, some finance talk, how we were raised, how to rise above mean girls in adulthood, stopping the mom shaming, and so much more. Get ready for a closer look into our lives, past, present, future, unfiltered, raw, and of course, blonde. Kate is the owner of Rain Lashes, Rain Hills Wedding Venue, and she does a lot of online influencing, primarily with her Instagram and her Instagram stories. So be sure to follow along because I myself am so influenced by Kate's unapologetic style and just everything she shares with life. And then there's me. My name is Randa Caraba. I own an online strength training fitness program called powher.fit. And so that can be found at P-O-W-H-E-R.F-I-T, where we focus a lot on community, lifting each other up and celebrating all of our wins. I have an online virtual She Just Shines confidence and mindset course and share a lot of my lifestyle on my blog at randacaraba.com. So we are so excited to give back to the community to hopefully encourage and inspire you to really dive into your unapologetic self, to become more confident and to be the best you that you can be. Welcome back to the Unbothered Blondes podcast. Today you get all four of us, and that means you get Grant and I and Kate and Coop. Hey, we're excited. Same yeah, here. today's going to be fun. <laughs> and it's Coop's first time on the podcast, so let's welcome him. Yep, I'm excited. Um, I did have to twist his leg a little bit for a few months of grooming to get him to do this. I'll be completely honest. I'm super nervous. <laughs> You're yeah. going to no, do this. Are you really? <laughs> Why are you nervous? Not a big talker. No, are you nervous about what I'm going to ask you? He's too. He has no idea the things we're going to ask him. So I'm excited. I've got some questions in front of me for the end of the podcast. So I'm excited to do that. Yes, because if you didn't already listen, Grant and I did the marriage um, episode one last week. That's when Kate and Coop had that showing come up with their house and they had to get out of the house. So we still did it. But there were some questions directed specifically to Kate and Coop that we want to start this episode off with. So as always, go ahead and screenshot, share this to your Instagram story, tag Unbothered Blondes, myself and or Kate so that we can, you know, reshare. And then we always love hearing your feedback on the reviews on the podcast so that we can continue to improve and give you all the content you're wanting. So y'all ready for the first question? Let's do it. Okay. The first one directed to just y'all was for Kate and Coop. What is your best advice for young married couples and young as far as age? So I'll go first just to kind of break the ice. I think best advice being someone that married at 20 years old is really just to learn that you're not going to be the same person in five years that you are now. Like I think something that Cooper and I really struggled with was whenever we started dating, I really didn't have my own identity. And so I think it's really important to love the person through their changes and knowing who they are, because in my opinion, I don't think I knew who I was at 20 versus now feeling more confident in who I am. What about you, Cooper? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think uh, you have to grow together uh, as you go through your journey and uh, your relationship. So uh, like Caitlin said, you know, I'm not quite the same person I was when I was 18, 19, 20 when we first met. I feel like uh, you're more the same person. Yeah. I mean, I haven't changed as much as she has. She's, she's grown into, you know, her own deal. She's, you know, you know, much more, uh, I guess, outgoing than I am. And and that's something that she's grown, grown to love. (laughs) And I think too, like, you know, him, 
me, I had to support him for a long time. We've discussed this before being going on his dreams and becoming a world champion and, and following him around really young. And so it was kind of putting me on the back burner for a long time. And I think that he did struggle with me wanting to put more time and effort and not in a bad way. Like he wasn't like, you can't do this anymore, but it was a hard adjustment. And that's just what this podcast is about being honest. So that's one of the things. Okay, Coop. Well, last week, Grant had to answer about the guy side of parenting because this listener says that she feels no one really talks about the parenting from the dad perspective. So tell us a little bit about that for yourself. Yeah. So when Maxim was born, I definitely felt like I, uh, I pulled, pulled my weight around here. I got up in the middle of the night. I changed diapers. I, uh, you know, made the bottles. I did everything. Uh, it was definitely 50, 50 when it came to that. I didn't want to put all the, the hard work on Caitlin, you know, that's, uh, it was half my responsibility. And, uh, you know, she's the one that had to carry them for so long. So I felt like I needed to step up and do my part. And, uh, now I think Max and I have a better bonding because of that. Now I'm almost like a second mom. So, uh, I'm so happy that I did that. And even though it's not the, you know, the original way that I guess men used to handle things, but, uh, I love that, you know, I've got this hands-on experience with Max and the way that I did I think that's very, very admir- admirable. Yeah, that's probably one of the best things about Cooper is he, because we had those growing phases, he was so close with Maxton when he was first born. It has really a- like enabled me to become who I needed to be in business and physically, like mentally, because he is pulling so much of the weight when it comes to the day-to-day responsibility of being a parent, you know, in the old world or in the past, I would say he's more of the mom role and I'm more of the dad role, but not when PBR is going on because he's gone from Friday, sometimes Monday, and it's just me doing it. So, so there's kind of like he steps up more during the week so you can work and then you step in to be super mom over the weekend and PBRs. Definitely. Because when he's gone, I mean, he's gone and I do everything, but I mean, that's not, it's not a lot, you know, Maxon's not a baby. It's not like Croy, you know, it's, it's not near as much as it used to be, but I used to travel with him when Maxton was little. So I definitely think that he even pulled his weight on the weekends then, but now it's more me parenting on my own on the weekend or half the week for four days, three days, and then him parenting by himself during the week. <laughs> Well, Coop, what is your least favorite part about being an influencer's um, husband? Uh, It took a long time to get adapted to, I guess, you know, how big of a job I guess it really is. Uh, You know, people see y'all posting and don't really realize all the work that goes into it. And that's what I didn't realize at first. You know, Caitlin, whenever she first came up to me with the idea of, you know, even the lashes thing, I was like, well, this is going to be a hobby. You know, this is something that will keep her mind busy or whatever. But as I started seeing her pour all the work into it and how successful she's been with it, you know, uh, that's just something that, you know, it's, it's kind of grown on me and, and understanding. Uh, but the hardest part was just, you know, seeing y'all post, uh, you know, I'm a very private person and, and laying everything out there, I guess was the hardest part for me. Well, she still struggles with it. He still doesn't. And I have to respect those boundaries and I don't put him like on my stories all the time. And, asking him questions like I can talk him into doing the Q&A from time to time but it's not something that I'm going to force down his throat you know and so I, a lot of people want to see more Cooper more mom and wife life but in reality there's just some things that I'm not going to force him to do 
I agree with that. Like, for instance, I feel like you and I, Kate, are much more improv as to where we'll do things on the on the fly. But Grant wants to be like told ahead of time or asked ahead of time. And I would assume it's kind of something maybe more like that with Coop. Yeah, you can't just I can't just be like, hey, Cooper, we're going to do this Q&A and people want to know these questions. Uh, how do you feel about your wife working out on Instagram? You know, like he would literally be like, uh, goodbye. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that because if you want his honest answer, it's a hard struggle. And he's really proud that I'm very open. Same thing as you and Grant. And I think it's just been a navigating process, but he also sees the monetary value, um, the emotional value that other women get that come up to him at PBRs when he's away. And they're like, I started working out because of Kate and it's changed my life or, you know, whatever. It's not all negative. Well, the other one that everyone wanted y'all to answer is what are your love languages and how does your partner best fulfill it? I want to answer for Cooper because. And I'll answer for Cooper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cooper is love, love, love. Like he's affection. He wants to be like, you know, a lot of, I guess affection is the only way that I can really explain it. And I also think that has to do with the way he was raised like his dad super loving super affectionate and I had that opposite upbringing so you're you know how to love based on how you're taught to love and to me my mom was always cooking and cleaning like that's how she sh would show her love so I feel like that's kind of more how I show my love you know and my dad he was like a, a rock like not affectionate didn't say I love you very much at all. So I show my love language. I'm answering for me and him and I want him to answer for me and him. So I feel like his love language is love, affection, like the true definition of being a loving person and spending time. And mine is more in like acts. I want you to wash the dishes for me. I want you to do the laundry for me. That's how I want to be loved. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. I mean, she pretty much nailed it, but for me, like I, you know, if I don't tell you I love you 15 times a day, I, I don't know. I feel like I didn't say it enough. So, uh, tell them the story about the PBR last weekend. Whenever you were, uh, when you called me and you thought I didn't say I love you back. Oh yeah. So last weekend we're sitting there and <laughs> I'm around, you know, all my friends or whatever. And I was like, all right, love you. Bye. Well, I thought Caitlin didn't call me back or didn't, didn't uh, say I love you too. So I called her back. I was like, Hey, you know, you're making me look weak He's in front like, of my friends. You're but, making uh, me look bad in front of my <laughs> so they all made fun of me about that but. so he calls me back in front of his friends like he said I said I love you like no shame I was like I said I love you too so yeah, but going back to it I mean Caitlin you know it took me a long time to get used to the way that she showed her love and affection and uh, aka she doesn't yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just you know like through different things you know she wanted to do something nice but didn't really know how to show you the uh, you know, I guess lovey-dovey side of things. And, and that's just kind of the way I was raised. You know, my parents always loved and, you know, caressed me. And, uh, you know, Caitlin, she was just kind of, I don't know, it, it was it was different than what I was used to. But uh, as we get older, I think we both kind of mutually you know, adapted. Adapted, probably. yeah. But I like it because there has to be some ebb and flow in a relationship. And I think that when you have two really, really big, affectionate lovers maybe it's too much and so I like that we balance each other out and Randa I think me and you are really alike when it I don't know I'm maybe speaking out of context but I feel like you're more like me wouldn't you say or would you say more like Cooper great what would you say 
Uh, I would say you're definitely more like Cooper. <laughs> really? See, as a friend I'm, standpoint, I feel like so, you're so business. Like so me. I am the acts of service is 100% my love language because I'm used to having to do everything for everyone else. And so it's just nice when someone actually does something for me, like it just, it warms my heart. And like see, I, I thought it. he liked to do those things. So I didn't realize because he would always help do things for me or handle things for me. And he kind of is a little, he's much more the control freak of us. So I would let him. And then I don't think we even understood or Grant even understood till the honeymoon that his love language was acts of love. And I'm like all cuddly up on Grant all the time. Like what's crazy is what you see business wise. I think Grant and I are both very different business personality versus personal personality in, in our relationship. Yeah. So like my my personality like in business is very straightforward not very emotional i'm just matter of fact and i just do my stuff and and i'm not really very silly i'm not i don't really laugh and joke a lot i mean i just i'm straight to the point in my personal life i am straight up goofy silly no shame like i'm my my work personality and my actual personality are two completely different personalities and i couldn't tell you how many different people that well, I'll go into board meetings or whatever, and people will be like, I had no idea you put that kind of stuff on Instagram or Facebook. That was so, <laughs> like such a funny up. video. Like, they, never, they never expected it because I'm just so straightforward, straight-laced in business that they just, they've just they never seen that side of me. Well, Grant, when are we going to get a part three? I'm, we're working on it. So as soon as we get through the move, we're, we're working on part three. We've already got, uh, I think, two scenes filmed already. So we're going to work on it. I really appreciated that rain lashes plug, I must say. Yeah, and it's so easy. <laughs> Grant didn't even know the lash was upside down um, until oh, after people were commenting about it. Yeah, I didn't know that there was a right side up or a, a down or an up. I had no idea. I just put it on. I no idea. Because this it's is where I am so important. like you, Kate. I'm like, figure it out. Like, I'm not going to show you and tell you everything. You just do it. Yep. But I, I will say, though, I did learn when we went on vacation together that I'm probably more like Grant than, and you're probably more like Cooper as far as, like, so maybe I was wrong about you being more like me in a relationship because I can kind of tell, like, I am an acts of service, as Grant would say. That's me. Like, I'm the planner. I'm a people pleaser. And almost so much that it becomes, it takes from me, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And in, in my work, I'm much more like the acts of service. But that almost drains me from work. So then when it's like my relationship time, I just want to be like in the moment and quality time. And that's it. Not having to work or plan or do anything. <laughs> I will like allow Cooper to touch me four or five times and then like grow enough. <laughs> only, if I, only if I'm scratching. <laughs> only if she's scratching. Yeah, you can do that for hours. Also, too. So this is another thing. Um, whenever I saw this thing the other day and it's like do you ever sneak out of your family functions and not tell anyone Cooper would never do that because they all want to hug each other 15 times. And <laughs> I think I've probably hugged my dad five times in my life. So if I can sneak out of the family function without having to touch anyone, like that's a win for me. I've noticed that about you now that you say that, but remember at the wedding. Yeah. I'm so bad about it. I know. I, I wanted to sneak all the out. Time. I'm like, are you ready to Irish goodbye? Yeah. <laughs> I was always, I was always taught and, and raised like, and everything to like, whenever you make an interest, go in there and shake everybody's hand, have a formal introduction. Whenever you leave a room, you need to go in there and shake everybody's hand and, and have a proper exit and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm also a person, I have a bubble and I don't like anyone being close to me in my bubble. Like, I, I don't like, like when Randall wants to cuddle me all the time and I'm like, don't touch me. I, I, I can't, I can't do this. And so we've gotten used to like when we're leaving now, instead of shaking hands and kissing babies the whole time, I'm just like, let's just leave and 
people will figure it out. Like, I don't want to go. Through Sometimes it. it'll take a dang hour to go through everyone just saying bye. Yep. And then, and then conversations get started and you never leave. Yep. yep. Totally. Agree. So I, I will, I will peace out on a party so quick and you'll never even know I left. Well, I kind of wanted to take it into the next direction, if that's okay with y'all sure. about toxicity. Cause I know we've talked about that and because everyone who listens maybe isn't just at the place to hear good marriage advice because maybe they're struggling in a bad relationship or they're single or they are, you know, going through a divorce or they've never met their person. So, or a hard breakup, you know, so I kind of wanted to like go into toxicity a little bit for some of our listeners. Yes. I'm excited about that. And I would love to ask you guys the first question. Let's do it. You're good with that. Okay, so I'm going to start off by saying I did a poll on Instagram and I kind of just was looking at what you guys would want to know. And the main thing that I was seeing was how do you let your husband like give tips about being a strong woman? Like they feel like, you know, I want to become an Instagram influencer. I want to start a business. And they feel like they have a really toxic like spouse or boyfriend because not so much and not supporting them, but almost like being a really strong woman. And it's hard to be a husband of a strong woman. So I would like, I think there's really one very important thing here and I'm going to just keep it short there and let Grant elaborate. But I think it comes down to security within the man, because if he's secure enough in himself and not worrying what people think or say about his wife posting and he's willing to help her, um, and maybe her to be the breadwinner, make more money, have more attention, whatever it is. I think it comes from security within the, and that's just very cut and dry. And I'll let Grant kind of elaborate on that. I actually completely agree with that because I actually, Grant is a very strong personality and I love it. She makes her own money. I love it. Like if I'm going to be with someone, I want them to be the best absolute versions of themselves. I don't want to be subservient to me and be at my beck and call like we're a team like it's 50 50 you know you always hear like the the expression like oh i want my i want to want to follow my man in anything and i'm like all right actually i'd rather walk side by side in a 50 50 relationship than um you know one person leader and a follower like if you're gonna love someone love them unconditionally and then you're stronger together as a team absolutely like i why would I couldn't understand? I would never understand how can I love someone and not want the absolute best for them? How could I not want them to be as happy as they possibly can? And if that's the stuff that's going to make them happy, why would you not support that? You know what right. I mean? Right. And you know, we're in the year 2021. So the whole, I mean, stay at home dads are a thing now, you know, to where that was never the thing 50 years ago. So I think sometimes it takes like a man understanding like this new generation and it's okay to support the wife or the mom or, you know, even if it's just your girlfriend um, in being a business owner or whatever makes her happy. And if that means she's going to make more money than you, it doesn't mean you're less of a man. It means you're honestly better together as a couple. Yeah, I agree to that. And I'll also say before Cooper does the thing about making more money is there's more responsibility. And there's so many times, like when I went from not having a job to having a job, I was like, wow, okay, I really thought that I wanted to be a business owner until I realized all the work that went into it. So it's not all as glamorous as it seems, but not having a partner that supports you is pretty much a downfall for a business in and of itself. So do you want to succeed together or, you know, that's the biggest question I would ask. What do you think, Cooper? Yeah, I mean, whenever, you know, Caitlin first started to do her own thing, uh, I will say that it was easier for me as, you know, a husband just to say, hey, you know, we're going – 
to this event next weekend and you know everybody's going and that was uh that was a hard thing for me to get used to was her saying no you know i've got to stay home and take care of business so i get the fact uh from a man's point of view how hard it can be because selfishly uh you know for me i felt like you know that was my strongest asset was having my family there on the weekends but also when she started going or, or not going and uh, focusing on her own deal and, and seeing how happy and successful that she was, uh, I had to step back and reevaluate and say, you know what, uh, you know, it's the best thing for the family. It's the best thing for her. Uh, you know, whenever you're, you know, doing something and you're married and, you know, you're, you're a whole. So uh, it takes two sides of the table and, and you know, and it, it takes both of you to make something work. And, and how amazing for Mac to get to see, you know, both parents working and working together as a team. You know, you're always setting an example there, too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been the coolest part of this is, you know, him seeing me be successful and then him be, and being able to see his mom do something completely different and be successful in her own right. And, uh, you know, what was he doing yesterday at the office? Oh, he was packaging lashes. <laughs> so, you know, he's, he's all for it. You know, he's uh, pretty neat. Well, and one more thing I kind of want to add, I just thought of is, you know, if a listener is wanting to just get started, I think you have to sit down and have a conversation with your significant other and kind of explain it to them because you can't expect them to be the most perfect photographer, media capturer, Instagram husband from the very beginning. Like it's an all new world for them. So kind of like explaining to them why this is important, how it's marketing for whatever your business or hobby or blog would be and scheduling time. Because I know that's one thing big with Grant and I is there's times where we get dressed and we go do things that's for social media for my job. And then there's times where he's like, okay, I'm done. We are off the clock. We're not doing this. Yeah. I think that's a good thing to say because, and I also want to plug that it's possible to have a partner like Grant and Cooper that want things to be more private and us that are more open, finding balance, but not like overstepping and disrespecting them too, you know? So having a strong woman in your life, it's great to support them, but also at the same time, we want them to feel like we respect their boundaries or we're toxic. You know what I mean? So you have to realize your toxic traits of for yourself too. 100%. Okay. And I have some more questions that are pretty much geared towards toxic relationships, but because we're both in a happy marriage, you know, it's hard for us to say, I haven't really had another relationship other than Cooper. Some 17 years old, 18 years old. So, I mean, I met Cooper when I was 18. So it's hard for me to really give advice as far as a toxic relationship and marriage. But I can say like, one of the main reoccurring questions again was what are some red flags in toxic relationships that you've maybe been through or could help other people realize? What would you guys say since you were a little bit older than us and probably had more of a dating scene in your older and younger twenties? Well, to give a little backstory, first off, I always tell Grant, there is no quote unquote one that got away in my past. <laughs> Grant just hands down the catch of all catches. So Grant is a great catch. He's like the number one host and he's such a great Instagram husband. He, he he's a good catch. And I'll let Grant kind of explain. So I had my heart broken multiple times and I kind of embarrassed to say it because like I'm saying, there's no one that got away yet. I was the one who was always heartbroken. So I was asking Grant the other day about heartbreak and this is what his little cocky butt says. Yeah. So I've never been dumped. I've, 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 I've broken up with every girl I've ever dated except for him. 
<laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah so they wouldn't so, last long two three months girl you gotta hit the road you're too needy the ongoing, too needy no it, it was so bad and i didn't even know this for a little while so i played a lot of slippage softball my softball team it's like every year i had a different girl with me and so grant they, i mean i dated I, no stop it and so they used to make bets of how long these girls would last like they would so, be like, well, oh, well we want to know. know what changed it. What what changed it with Randa? Well, when you know, you know. It was one of the those deals. Like, I got in about that. six weeks, and I looked Jacob in his eye. And I was like, I'm going to marry your sister. Like, I knew instantaneously, you know, she's the one I wanted to marry. And I never had that Aww. with any other girl. Grant is and not so. a babysitter. So you have to be very outgoing, confident, have your own identity, do your own thing, make your own. You don't have to make your own money to be with Grant, but he definitely likes that. Yeah, so whenever was, you like saw her on that Aggie 100, was that like major turn on or what? Absolutely. Like I was beaming with pride. Like everybody would, it was, and I know Randa's mentioned this, but a lot of people, I knew a lot of people at the event. And so they would walk up to me and be like, congratulations, Grant. And she's standing right next to me. She'd be like, congratulations, Grant. You know, I'm so proud of you for all your hard work. You know, what number do you think you got? And I said, I, it, I, I didn't make it. I'm here with my girlfriend. She made it. And they just looked at me like I was dumbfounded. <laughs> That's amazing, though, honestly. Well, let's be honest. Remember, I had to do the work to catch him because, right, I mean, he, he dumps girls. He's kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> Not that Grant has a lot of game. God oh, love him. I have no game. <laughs> I don't want to sit here and act like I'm some kind of, you know. Again, he's straight to the point. Like, he doesn't, like, know how to suave. He could never talk to multiple girls at one time. Oh, no, I have no game <laughs> whatsoever. Like, I literally, it was like. If I wanted to go out with a date with a girl, I'd be like, hey, would you like to go on a date? And they're like, uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. I was like, what restaurant would you like? I mean, I'm just like, I had no game. I never hooked up with a ton of girls. Like, it just, it was bad. So, I relied on my looks and just, you know, <laughs> that's all I had with me. That's all I had going. Confident. So whenever we were, we started dating in the age of Snapchat. So whenever I got my 100 official notice that I made it and was invited to the banquet, I just casually Snapchatted him. And I know up until that point, he was like, Oh, that's cute. She has a little pink store and plays dress up. And I'm like, here you go, mofo. A little side hustle. Yeah. But little did he know. But when it comes to red flags, things I would say is number one, like, you know, your gut feeling. And this isn't even just like in like affectionate uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, uh, spouse, forever guy and guy girl and girl whatever it is relationships it's even in friendships I feel like in your gut when you know something but like you don't want to hear it you don't want to say it you don't want to talk about it like your gut feeling is a red flag yeah and one of the probably the biggest red flags of uh, of girls I've dated before is uh jealousy number one and <clears throat> basically whenever you just argue every single day like if you're gonna sit there and argue and fight with someone and when I say every literal day it's not worth it. You get broken down. like Especially if you're just dating because then people think, oh, I'm going to get a ring and we're going to have a, a wedding and life's going to get better. And then I'm going to have a baby and it's going to get better. And with every year, it just gets harder. And that's exactly right. If you're dating is the easiest. Engagement is more difficult. Marriage is more difficult. Um, having kids is more difficult. Like things don't get easy, easier. And so if you're already just fighting nonstop. You know, it's not worth it. Like when Rand and I were dating, we only got in one huge fight before we got married. That's it. That that was amazing to me because (laughs) I am one of those people like, you know, Cooper's really passionate. And I think that also comes in love and in like when you feel opposition to something. 
So the fact that you have only argued one time, I and mean, I think we're both so hard headed, we, we probably argued like 1 million times before we well, got married because true. being young also <laughs> probably didn't help that. And I will say thing, you know, like jealousy uh, between men or women, it doesn't matter. It goes both ways is so toxic. I mean, I remember being in relationships where I was literally not allowed, like I would play slow pitch softball and I would be in the outfield and I would be, and I was playing co-ed. I was not allowed to talk to with the other girl in the outfield while we were playing the game because that was, you know, the other girl was so jealous that I was speaking to another female. And I'm like, I'm literally playing a game. <laughs> you are on the team. You are in the outfield and I'm not allowed to talk to these girls. What in the hell? You know, I that mean, that's definition crazy. of toxic. Cooper, yeah. did so you I, I, No, not really. I mean, the only thing I can say is if you have to keep forcing it and, you know, trying to make something work time after time again after you keep arguing, then it's probably a pretty good sign that it's not really the one for you. Absolutely. And also, like, spiraling off what Grant said, if you have a jealous partner and you can't trust them to do things without you, it's never going to work. So if you're already not married and you can't let them go to Buffalo Wild Wings with the guys, you know, to watch a game or something, that's toxic. I agree. I think beginnings and how you start the relationship is so important. Like you have to start very open and honest. Like if you start having an affair, how, how are you ever going to be secure that that person that was having an affair with you isn't going to have an affair on you? You know, those are just, I know that can be very blunt, but that is just how I personally view it. It's my own views. Right. Well, here's one that kind of goes off of that. And they said, how do you trust someone after being in a relationship that you were, che- you were cheated on and you want to mend the relationship? So what would you guys do? You as know, far I think as it's different if you're cheated on versus if you're the cheater or you're getting with someone who is cheating with you. Um, that one's hard. It, it takes time. And, you know, honestly, vulnerability and just being so honest with someone. And I get it. You can be so guarded after that but once things get more serious you know some people like to just put up keep these boundaries up or act so strong and badass almost that vulnerability is really strength and when you care about someone if you see that they're hurting or or something is keeping a wall up I, I don't know I just feel like open honest conversation can help yeah you know that's tough for me that you know I've never been in a relationship where you know I've cheated or I've been cheated on so I, I don't really know how I would react in that situation but you know it's one of those things you just have to work through it or not work through it or I really don't know every situation is different but just open and honest conversations I'm not saying that you know you can't mend those relationships some people find cheating not that big a deal some people do it's just it's whatever works with you within your personal boundaries and how you you want to live with your partner. Right. Totally. I do think that's good advice. I will have to say from me speaking from I've never, you know, been cheated on or I don't know if Cooper has like there are just certain things that him and I don't really talk about. I just think anybody in the past is irrelevant. And we really just focus on the future and like him and I, I, I don't find it a topic of discussion. And we met when we were so young. So anybody that I really dated before Cooper, I don't really consider like I dated them, you know, mm-hmm. so I, that probably sounds horrible, but that's just kind of where my mindset is with it. I just feel like he's probably the main and only serious relationship I've ever had in my life as far as being a husband. Well, and one other thing I'll say from having past relationships, and I know this is something a lot of people struggle with and not even themselves, but like if you see your friends going through this, you know, when you see like a couple that's just bad and toxic for each other, they break up. You're like, thank God. I'm speaking like almost from the friend standpoint now. And then they get back together. 
I am actually in support of people getting back together, which is kind of crazy because, you know, like I've done it before with a relationship. I just thought, okay, maybe it's changed or maybe it's better. And I wanted my friends to support me or I've like been there for my friends in those situations. And the reason why is I personally feel like the second time around, if you're hoping they've changed or, you know, you've already been through that one heartbreak with it, you've already, you know, you're not, it's not the first time you're dating. I feel like you're going to go back into it and you're either going to realize and be more rational, like, Hey, this isn't going to change. And that's going to give you that closure or that 100%. I know I did the right thing by ending this relationship the last time. And now I'm going to be, you know, completely done with this for myself or, you know, the slight percentage that that person has changed because miracles do happen. God saves people, you know, life situations can change people. I do think that's great advice with, you know, mending those type of relationships. You're probably speaking on the side of forgiveness. And I think, again, as I get older, I will be maybe more lenient when it comes to like forgiveness, but I've got a really bad tendency. If like fool me once, that's all you get because you don't get to fool me twice, you know? So in all things in relationships and friendships, like once you mess up once for me, there's typically not there's not a, um, another option. And I don't think I would have been that way had I not gone through it, but I knew like with me, quote unquote, getting back together. And then the second time, how much more like at peace I was with fully being done. Anytime I see people struggling with like kind of getting back together and not wanting to really be as honest with their friends or family. I always try to, when it's appropriate for me to say, Hey, I support and encourage this, you know, because one of two things is going to happen and you're going to know better the next time. I agree. I think that's great advice. And I have another question that I want to ask you guys. And it was a reoccurring one. And we've kind of talked about this before. And it says, what happens if you marry someone and you don't get along with their family? And, you know, I've said time and time again, that you, at the end of the day, when I married Cooper, no matter what I do, or he does, their family are going to side with him just because it's, you know, it's her family. And I'm speaking from experience and just make sure to always respect your in-laws because no matter what, they're going to be in your life, especially if you have a kid together. And I know I've said that before. And I think it's important because a lot of people don't get along with their in-laws. And I'm really blessed that I'm in a position of my life. I was raised to never disrespect my elders. And I think that's actually helped me even when maybe I wasn't in the wrong, but in the future, it helps keep things, you know, good for the child or good for your husband, because at the end of the day, he's the one that's in the middle of it all. You're going to have opposition, even with family members or in-laws, you just have to remember to respect them. Because if you're going to have that guy in your life or your husband in your life forever, then you don't want to burn that bridge because it's way harder to mend versus if it was their son, you know, doing the wrong thing. I kind of want to touch on this. Okay. So uh, I can speak from experience here from saying like I was wrong in some, some of the ways that I handled things when Caitlin and I first got together. Uh, You know, like I would always side with my family uh, over Caitlin on a lot of things. But you also believe everything your family says, because that's how we're raised. But as you go along and like you start, you know, getting married and you have kids and things like that, like that's, that becomes your family. That becomes your number one. That's what you have to focus on. And then everybody else, they kind of fall by the wayside and, Not to say they're not as important, but, you know, your initial family is your wife and your kids. Uh, And and that's how I think you should look at it. I completely agree with that. And then, you know, we've said this before on the podcast that, you know, Rand and I put each other first and then, you know, our son, Croy, and then family, you know, after that. And, of course, in order to have a strong family and and unity, I I, I think 
Coop, I think you nailed it exactly right. You've got to uh, put your spouse first and then, you know, the, your parents, because they call it the leave and cleave. So eventually you're going to, uh, you're going to leave your parents one day and you're going to cleave to your wife. And so you have, in order to be strong, you need to, you know, have that open and good relationship with your wife first and, and, and always try to maintain respect for the in-laws because it's, you know, yeah. just because you might disagree with them, but it's just always comes down to mutual respect. And you yeah. can put up yeah. healthy boundaries, you know, and I think maybe some listeners aren't married yet. So I think that we're speaking on it from a married standpoint that I think, you know, if you're just dating or engaged and there are some issues with the in-laws, you know, those are some hard conversations you need to have with each other before you get married to kind of know how you're going to handle it. And that way each person can know if they're okay to move forward with how the other person, you know, handles it, whether it's be open communication or boundaries or, or under just seeing and understanding everyone's perspective. Definitely. And we have said this before, but if you have opposition with the in-laws, let their son or daughter handle it. Mm-hmm. Is in my opinion, because nothing that, okay. So speaking from mom, if Mac does something and I'm not really loving his girlfriend or wife, you know, I would much rather him come to me because there's just that unconditional love that yes, you may love your daughter-in-law, your son-in-law, but it's just not the same. And why risk, burning those bridges if you're going to be in their life forever. I just think that it's just a time and a place. And if it's your son, they're the ones that should go to their, you know, mom and dad. And here's another thing that Grant and I really learned. And it sounds like y'all were raised differently and things like that. But, you know, Grant knows how to handle his family better because he's been with them for 35 years. I know how to work with my family, not necessarily better, because I feel like Grant's really good with working with my family. He just like (laughs) picks on my mom and keeps it real light. But, you know, still the same thing. I'm going to go to them, you know, if it's something really within my family or I'm needing to take up for my, you know, Grant Troy family to my, you know, parent or siblings family. So I think that's a great perspective because you've dealt with it your whole life. You know how to handle them. And one thing also I want to say is like, if you're having, you know, arguments or whatever, unless it's really, really worth it, it's probably not worth, you know, going and running and telling your family every single thing that you argue about, because then they're going to want to hold resentment against the other one. Uh, oh, he's speaking from experience. Yeah, yeah, this is straight from experience. <laughs> so this is something we've both done. Uh, but what I've realized, you know, is, is you need to work at it at the core. And, you know, once you have that taken care of, you know, you're, you're probably better off than uh, having a strong core and then branching out. And, he literally told me, he's like, I've got to stop telling my dad when you piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it's one thing if you're like going to your parents and you're like, okay, this is upsetting me, right? But it's another thing if you have to stand up and take up for like your small family as a unit, you know, like you, Kate, or like Coop, Kate, and Mac, that if the family's affecting your family, I feel like then's kind of when you need to say something or set a boundary or, you know, have a conversation. But if it's just one of you and you're being, you know, getting annoyed by someone, just limit your time with that person. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. But family is forever. And I'll say that now, of course, you, you create your own family when you have children and you move away. Right. You never want to like ruin those relationships with your family. My family's ride or die. So uh, yeah, there's like literally the, the thing I love about Cooper's family is no matter what anybody does, and my family is like that too, and we have that in common, we are always going to support each other no matter what. Like, yeah. there's nothing that you could do that would, you know, deter us from supporting and loving you. And I think that's probably the one thing that we have in common with our families because, yes. like, we can forgive anything. I agree. And I love having open, honest communication with my family, but I know some families, you know, they might have different 
like interwoven things. They may have business. They may have some past bad blood that maybe they've learned to cope without having that open, honest relationship. So I think, you know, obviously every family dynamic is different. And when you get in a relationship, your, you know, significant others family relationship is probably very different than yours. Yes. I think that that's all been really, really good advice. And out of all the questions, those were probably the ones that I saw reoccurring the most. It was really just like, you know, the red flags, navigating the in-laws and all of those things seem like it's really in the beginning of a relationship because all those things maybe were happening like six, seven years ago. Cooper and I've been together for eight years. So that's like a long ass time, number one. And number two, we don't really deal with any of that anymore because we're both way more mature. We're more loving, like a little bit more patient. So I really think like if you think this is the one, stick it out. Even if you see some toxic traits because God, we've all got them. If you think that this could be like the one, just remember to show a little grace. I think that's also important. Well, and this is again, kind of, kind of blunt maybe, but people always ask me like, I'm not sure. How do I know if he's the one? And I'm like, there's your answer. Because when you yeah, know, you, you, you don't know, know you know, <laughs> yeah. if you're questioning it, you know, you know, but a lot Cooper, of people, honey, don't how quick did you propose? It was pretty quick. I think <laughs> uh, maybe six months into. Oh, that's a lie. It was like a few. Was it six months? Six months. Okay, that's like super fast. If Maxon tries to get engaged in six months, I don't like his girlfriend. All. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that was toxic. Uh, that was a toxic trait of me. But like, you know, looking back now, I was 18 years old and I had a boob job already. Like, I don't think I would have liked me either. So if Max <laughs> dates a girl like me, I'm probably going to give her a little bit of a run for her money. So I totally get it now. I'm on the opposite side of the fence now. Grant, how worried are you already about me when Croy has a girlfriend and our baby's only six months old? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty worried about it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, she is already that protective mama bear to no end. So I, I've already told her, I was like, you do realize when he starts dating, you're not allowed to follow him in the truck. You're not allowed to GPS track never. him. Oh, you're she not will. Allowed, she you're will. not allowed to tap the phones. Like, you know, you have to like let him space. Like whenever he goes to the movies, when he's 12 years old, like you can't like sit right next to him I'm not in the movie. Like, I'm like, you know, you have to give him some space, right? <laughs> she's like, yeah. I'm going to the other theater with me and make out in the back row with me to keep my mind off of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. That's not going to happen, but that's okay. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Oh my God, that's too cute. I think we're probably the same way, but I will definitely be a psychopath and it's all in, you know, good intentions though. Absolutely. Well, are there any more um, toxic questions we can answer or do we want to wrap this episode up? I really think the main thing is, you know, and one more time being honest, it's hard for us to answer all these questions about toxic relationships because I feel like I'm such in a space in my life where I didn't get to date around very much and you guys are now married with a baby and I really just think that if it's the one you know if you don't you don't a lot of the questions are repetitive and I feel like we've touched on them already but if there's anything that we missed maybe me and you Randa could do another episode together yeah, I, I like feel like more questions you. may come in because again I did have some past relationships and I did get my heart broken unlike Mr. Grant over here who always just jumped everybody. Um, Grant so was just like lady killer. So yeah. So I definitely know the feeling of trying to make something work, wanting something to work, um, you know, feeling heartbroken, different things like that. So I'm sure more maybe specific questions will come in. And of course I, you know, can't answer for everybody. I was not engaged before or married before Grant is, you know, the first and all of those things for me, but I do know I was in some of the wrong relationships and tried my hardest. 
Yeah, I definitely can agree to that. I think that you and I can maybe give more advice on like a woman's point of view. And most of the people asking the questions are really far Mm -hmm. in their relationship and they're questioning if it's toxic. And I just think that we would need to yes. maybe put our heads together and a little I bit think, more and really you know, answering questions, questions on toxic that... relationships, again, doesn't have to just be within, you know, like a, exactly. It could be within a friendship a or a within, you know, an extended family member or a sibling or something like that. So, you know, I, I think that we should open the whole toxic thing to just kind of relationships in general. So I think that'll be a great one. I think the sister one is great. People want to know why I block <laughs> my mom and sister once a month. And I'm, I would love to just make that. Well, like I think that needs to be our episode. cliffhanger. To why Kate blocks is, Brittany. Okay. <laughs> well, Coop, so you did too. so good on your first podcast. Thanks. I was, uh, I don't know, pretty nervous about it. So, Grant, do you feel left out being the only non-unbothered non-blonde yeah. or the unbothered? No, I think brunette? I'm good. Um, I mean... <laughs> the first night Grant spent the night with me, I rolled over the next morning and woke up and I said, your hair is so dark. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like. <laughs> it really is. His skin is dark. His hair is dark. He's just like, he's, whenever we were looking at all of us into women. And like, like when they put Croy on my chest when I first okay. had him, I'm like, he's got dark, dark hair all over his back, just like his dad. <laughs> he but is. he looks and like he's course, like I getting blonde hair. Now, I feel like I'm more like my foot on. So as always, thank you for tuning in and listening. Be sure to screenshot, add it to your Instagram story, leave us a review, give us feedback, follow us on Instagram at Unbothered Blondes, and get ready for next week's episode.